Jonathan, thank you for singing that, not only for leading in worship today, but thanks for singing that particular song. It was, it was the hardest thing that I'd ever been through. I was going through the darkest time of my life. And really the turning point for my recovery, the beginning of my recovery, if you want to say it that way, was that song. I was, I was struggling after the explosion, and I won't go into all, all my personal issues, but I was really struggling. And I couldn't figure out how to get back where I needed to be. And then the song came out. It was released about that time. And the words helped me say what I had not been able to put together. And it was basically, God, I don't have much left. And the part that I have left is all broken and messed up. And I don't know what to do with it. But I'm going to give to you this broken, messed up hallelujah because you're still worthy. You're still my God. I wish I could give you better, but right now this is all I've got. And I began to sing the broken hallelujah. And it was then that I began my journey back to him in a healthy and strong way. Have you ever been broken? Can I get a little even, a little more personal? Are you broken? Do you carry guilt? Because of something you did, something you said years ago, and you know you hurt people. Are you carrying that guilt? Are you broken? Are you afraid? You get down? You have self-esteem issues? Do you doubt? You struggle with everyday things in life? Were you raised in a family that was kind of dysfunctional and so now your social skills aren't quite what you'd like them to be? We could go on and on. But I know the answer. And if you and I are honest with one another, both of us would have to say, yeah, I'm broken. There's something in me, there's something about me that is not 100% right.
And as each of us make that confession this morning, as each of us says, yeah, I'm broken, I want to let you in on another secret. Look at the person on your right. That person's broken. Look at the person on your left. That person's broken. Because the reality is, we're all broken. There was one person in all of the history of mankind, in all of the history of creation, there was one person who had it all together and lived it right. And as much as I love you, I can tell you, you're not that one person. We're all broken. I say that to, for a number of reasons, because I want us to talk about brokenness the next two or three weeks. Because we can either hide our brokenness and put on a mask and pretend to be someone we're not. Or we can point our fingers at the other people we see around us who are broken, so hopefully nobody will notice that I'm one of those people as well. Or we can dive into God's counsel. And find within that word of God some truths that help us find beauty in our brokenness. That's what I want to challenge us to do over the next couple of weeks. If we understand brokenness as God does, we find that there is actually some beauty there. I knew a guy one time who came into the church as an adult. He came into the church kind of later in life, I guess you'd say. And when he came into the church, he, he got kind of disillusioned. He would, he would see one of us make a mistake and he'd go to others in the church and say, hey, he's broken. He would see a, a weakness in one of us and say to others, she's broken. And he was shocked by that. It bothered him that there were broken people in this church. Beloved, there ain't nobody but broken people in this church. And I would say to you, if you can find the perfect church where nobody's broken, I would say to you, go to that church. But if I gave you that advice, you'd go and you'd break them up. You'd mess it all up. <laughs> My friend had, had a misunderstanding of the church. He thought that the church was made up of people who had it all figured out and we came to celebrate that. Can you and I be honest enough to say that that's not us? 
The church is not made up of people who have it all figured out and get together to celebrate that. The church is made up of people who are willing to admit that we don't have it all together and we need help putting it and holding it together. That's what the church is. Broken people who recognize our need for a Savior, our need for a Lord, our need for a Master. Broken people recognizing our need for a great physician. That's the church. Let me ask you this morning, if you, if you had the most valuable thing in all of creation, my guess is you, many of us have safes at home and we put our valuable things in there. Not necessarily uh, the jewelry, but the, the, maybe it's the marriage license or the, or, or, or the will. The stuff that's really, really valuable, we'll put it in a safe to protect it. Some of us have safe deposit boxes at the, at the bank. We put our really valuable, important stuff there. Let me ask you, if you had the most, invalu the most valuable treasure in all of the history of creation, where would you put that most valuable treasure? Did you know the Bible says that God took that most valuable treasure in all of history, in all of creation, and he put that most valuable treasure in a clay pot? Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 at verse 7. Because it is here that we find that God takes the most valuable treasure, the most important thing ever, and instead of putting it away in a safe, hiding it behind the cherubim and seraphim, hiding it in the depths of the holy of holies of the temple, instead of all that, he... <laughs> He put it in a clay pot. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Earthen means that it's made of the earth. It's made from clay. Vessel means pot. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure? Well, in order to find that out, we back up a couple of verses. Back up, back up to verse 5, if you will. We do not preach ourselves. This is Paul speaking to the church. He says, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. We don't talk about ourselves, we talk about Him. We are here serving you as we tell you about Him. Now verse 6, For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure is the light of God, the life that comes in Christ Jesus himself. The treasure is the gospel, the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we get to preach 
Jesus, Paul says. That's the great treasure. You and I get to know Jesus. That's the great treasure. The best news that's ever been spoken is that a holy God loved sinful people enough to send his son to take care of our sin. And he lets us take that good news, that gospel, and we carry it in earthen vessels. What is the earthen vessel? What is the clay pot? It's me. It's you. Our bodies are earthen vessels. Remember Genesis 2 and 7? God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. We are but dust. We are nothing other than earthen material put together in just the right way and then God breathed into us the breath of life and we became living souls. We are the earthen vessel carrying within us the greatest treasure in all of creation in all of time. And because of that, I want to show you very carefully. I want to show you the beauty of brokenness. Starting here in verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. You see, my brokenness reveals the power of God. He chose to put the great treasure of his story into this earthen vessel. One of the reasons he did that was so that when you see me, you see my weakness. You see, I'm only an earthen vessel. I am weak. I'm fragile. I am very breakable. So that anything good that happens out of my ministry, you know, does not come from the earthen vessel. It must come from the power of God. He chose to use us, earth, we earthen vessels. He chose to use us. He chose to use clay pots so that no one could give credit to the clay pot for what's happening. And people would see that since we're only clay pots, what's happening in and, our, in and through our lives must be by a greater power. If he had let us be perfect, if he had let us be powerful, then people would look at us and say, wow, those people are amazing. But that's not his goal, nor is it our purpose. Our purpose and his goal is to let the world see him and glorify him. So he puts his power in weak, broken vessels so that the world sees that power and glorifies him. The pot cannot cause life, but the pot can hold life. If I put dirt in there and I put a green plant in there, it can hold life. But it cannot on its own create life. So when we look at the pot, and the pretty green plant coming out of it, we don't say, that 
pot created the plant and grew the plant. We know the pot is just holding it. The same thing is true of the ministry and the work that we're able to do when we direct people to God. They look at us and they say, you're just a clay pot. You're just holding what's really valuable. And they don't get mixed up. My brokenness reveals the power of God. I love the story that John Henry Jowett told many times in his preaching. It was about a small village where an elderly woman had died. She had no money. She had no education. She was unsophisticated. And yet, during her lifetime, she served those around her. She was selfless. She did everything she could to help others, and she made a tremendous impact upon those in her village. And on her tombstone, they chiseled the words, she did what she couldn't. It's one thing for them to say, he did what he could. But isn't it even greater if someone can say, she did what she couldn't. You see, the impact she had on that community around her didn't come from money, it didn't come from education, it didn't come from sophistication, power. It came because God was at work through her. She did what she couldn't. My brokenness reveals the power of God. And then we can recognize that my brokenness reveals the presence of God. My brokenness reveals the presence of God. We continue on in these next two verses, and this is where it really gets, really gets powerful. Listen, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despairing. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. He said, we are, we are afflicted on every side, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not despaired. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We are broken, but not demolished. We're cracked, but we're not destroyed. And the reason that that is so amazingly powerful is that the fact that we can hold it together when all those around us are falling apart says there must be something inside us providing strength. Let me show you what I mean. That's just a clay pot. I got it off the back porch last night. I had to beg, had to beg Lisa to make sure it was okay for me to take one of her pots. I even promised to buy her another one if I had to. Just a normal everyday clay pot off the back porch. And look how easy this is. Almost no strength at all. How fragile. How easy it is to break apart. But what would have happened 
If before I came in here, what would have happened if I had mixed up some cement and I had poured that in a concrete set? What would happen if I had taken a clay pot filled with concrete and stepped on it like that with just the same amount of pressure? It'd still be there, wouldn't it? The clay pot never would have changed in its essence. The only difference would have been there was something inside that was stronger. So you see, when the world, when the world falls apart around us and when we are pressed in on every side and when we are cracked and broken, but we still hold it together, the world can look at us and say, there's a presence inside there that's providing strength. My brokenness reveals the presence of God. If I never had a crack, never was broken, nobody would be able to tell that there was something inside of me strengthening me. The fact that I am broken, the fact I do have cracks, allows people to see inside and notice there's something stronger in him. That's the beauty of my brokenness. Dostoevsky was a 19th century Russian novelist. He took a stand for freedom and he was imprisoned. After spending some time in solitary confinement, he said the way that he got through that time in solitary confinement was that each evening he would hear through a vent on the door an anonymous voice. He had no idea who was doing it. Never did figure out if it was, if it was a guard or another, another uh, uh, inmate, who, who it was. But he heard an anonymous voice each evening say the same thing. Courage, brother, we also suffer. In solitary confinement, he never saw another person. Day in, day out, never got to interact with anyone. But each evening, somebody found a way to say, you are not alone. Beloved, you stand before, you sit before me this morning, broken. But I stand before you saying you are not alone. You are surrounded by others who suffer as well. But even more than that, you are filled and empowered. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, you are filled and empowered by the one who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. You're not alone. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, know that in your brokenness there is beauty because people can see through the cracks and recognize there is a presence in you. You're never alone. He's always there. My 
brokenness reveals the presence of God. And then my brokenness reveals the person of God's Son. My brokenness reveals the person of God's Son. We continue then in verse 10, always, we are always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. What in the world does that mean? Very simply this, when we suffer, we are reminded that Jesus suffered. Our suffering depicts Jesus' suffering. And so in our body, we carry around his, his dying that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. While we, carry, while we suffer, it, it, it reminds others that Jesus suffered, but also while we live within that suffering, it reminds them that Jesus lived a powerful life. You see, brokenness is beautiful because in my brokenness, I reveal the person of God's Son. Look at verse 11. For we, live, for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. Time and time and time again, Paul's life was on the line. He almost lost his life many times because he was serving Jesus. He was willing to die for Jesus' sake if necessary. Why? That the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. I am willing to carry the death of Christ within me as I suffer, even if I have to die. I'm willing to do that. Why? So people will recognize Jesus in me. Through my brokenness, through my cracks of suffering, people can look inside and see the person of God's Son. They can see Jesus in my life. Galatians 20, 2 and 20. Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. While that means a whole lot and we could spend weeks on that one verse for this morning, it simply means this that I, I have put self down. I have put self aside. In my suffering, in my pain, in my brokenness, it's not about me. And because I have recognized it's not about me, Jesus can live in me and through me and people can see him instead of seeing me. The pot is weak, but when it's cracked, people can see inside. You see, God planned our weaknesses. There is beauty in our brokenness. 2 Corinthians 12, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. 